Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you've not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. And most importantly, Read us over at IndieCornrows.com. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming out as the season starts this week. And to, to kind of unbridle some of the topics that we have coming into the week, preview of some games, uh, I have my, my co-host and, and colleague, Tom Lewis, from over at IC. Tom, how are you doing today? Not doing too bad. How about yourself? Is, it, is this where we start pumping everybody up for the, for the uh, regular season and uh, all that lays in front of the Pacers? Despite, I mean, yeah, I guess you know, we can, we can pump we it up. As, I definitely have some more uh, darker things to talk about. Or that's, that sounds – no, not the same way to put it. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to dive into. But I guess, number one, I, I can just ask you right away, what are you most excited about for this season? Um, obviously, the first game is coming up on Wednesday. Uh, home opener is going to be on Saturday. But what are you most excited about just in general for the season? Yeah, it's – again, trying to get hype for the start of the season is tough considering all the, um, uh, you know, preseason injuries and injuries that are still unresolved going into the start of the season, the daunting schedule, and it's easy to, uh, easy to be pretty negative. But, um, you know, real excited about, you know, the rookies and um, the way they, are, you know, could be involved in the rotation and, uh, and what they have to offer. And, and they're just both two promising players that are really fun to watch, which is exciting. I'm also, as, I, as I've written, I'm excited about Sabonis and Turner because something's got to come to a head this year. There's just no way it can't. Good, bad, or indifferent, something's got to come to a head. So seeing how Carlisle handles that and, you know, we didn't see a lot of uh, a big difference in the preseason as far as uh, the pairing being real effective and efficient and all that stuff. So uh, we'll see what they have for the start of the regular season. Um, but other than that, I'm just hoping there's some health that we can see this team actually um, compete. Um, otherwise, I'm going to have to lean on that rookie thing pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I love how I open it up trying to uh, trying to use you as a buffer and, and, and be a little <laughs> bit more positive and as a sounding board. And we, I mean, automatically, like you're talking about, this season is just, it, it is, uh, it is the year that it comes to a head, it feels like, with everything uh, in some regards. Um, like you mentioned, yeah. preseason wasn't super yeah. enlightening to anything one way or another. Um, I thought, you know, Caitlin's article that she put out was fantastic. She got a shout out from the freaking low post, which I thought was awesome. I, I put that on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, our, our local celebrity, as, as, as is better known. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, it just it's it's weird. It's murky. There's a lot to dive into, but I want to look at it on a in a, in a smaller scale, looking at um, this week first, and then project it outwards and talk a little bit more on that. Um, I agree with you automatically right away. The rookies are awesome. I'm very excited to 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 see how the rookies progress throughout this year and some of the young guys. Like I'm hoping that we see more from Moshe Brissett. Um, TBD on yeah. that. Uh, if if preseason's any indicator. Um, 
So, yes, the Pacers play the Hornets on Wednesday at 7 p.m. in Charlotte. Uh, the Wizards on Friday and the Heat on Saturday uh, at GameBridge for their first official game at GameBridge Fieldhouse. Um, all right, Tom, let's let, let's just go through one out of three. I mean, through the through the first three. Where what would you project the Pacers out as on this coming out of the first three games? Oh, well, let's see. Obviously, with the uh, the idea that Karras is probably missing this entire week. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it sounded like. Yeah, I think he um, said over the weekend he says he missed the first four games. Yeah, and, and that yeah. was a minimum before which would include Milwaukee on Monday, uh, the following Monday. Um, right, right. Yeah, so Karras missing. Obviously, TJ is going to be out because I believe he's being reevaluated in two and a half yeah. weeks, right around there. It was three when it was reported, but it's about two and a half now. Um, Malcolm yeah, just mean, announced that he is going to play on opening night. Um, that just came out of media availability right now. Um, and also, the Spurs just waved Al Farouk Aminu. So, that. you know, in case we, we have, there's another four who can't <laughs> shoot. Al Farouk Aminu could come here. Um, but yes. So obviously with those caveats thrown in. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that Blackman news is actually pretty big. And also yes. I'm assuming Justin Holiday will be available. Um, and also assuming he will, um, still assuming Duarte would be starting. Um, well, actually, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. But anyways, regardless, as it was really evident on Friday, <laughs> Just having Holiday and Blavin as two guys who can shoot the ball from the perimeter um, is going to help a little bit. But I'd love to say uh, two and one start out of the gate. But um, man, I just uh, I'm just a little concerned that the defense isn't going to come together enough. And and you know, hoping all these guys can be healthy. I think that's uh, that might be a, a bit of a reach um, because. The two games you kind of hope that you can win at Charlotte and Washington, those teams are very comparable, I think, to where the Pacers are right now. Um, and honestly, don't know right off the top of my head what their situation is injury-wise. Um, but, um, you know, catching them on their home um, court. Is that Washington's home opener? Uh, I, quick. Uh, let me check. I'm not sure if that's their home opener. Because you're getting – Obviously, you're getting the Hornets on their home opener. And then, yeah, that's going to be their home opener. They play at Toronto on Wednesday. So, um, so you know, always a little extra juice for the home team on that. So, um, but, boy, when you look back <laughs> the rest of the way on the schedule, uh, you, you got to hope they can get two of those first three um, to get some momentum going early. Otherwise, it's really going to be a dark start to the year. Yeah, I think I'm probably a little bit less optimistic and would go one and two. Um, I guess you could go two and one, but I think much less. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not. It's not that much worse. But um, I think I would look at it with the Hornets. It would probably be. I would actually say the Hornets game is probably a little bit less winnable than the Wizards game, just coming off rip. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would say that the Wizards are a little bit more talented of a team, but we saw this team have some issues with the Hornets last year. Um, just given their their length, their athleticism, they kind of doubled down on it, that this year. They lost some guys, like obviously Malik Monk walked. Um, they let Devontae Graham go. I'm interested to see what the team looks like, but they do have, in some ways, a little bit more continuity than the Pacers do. They still have the same coach, same system. All their younger guys are another year older. Um, I think it's going to be a really good test for the defense. I, I do think this team can yeah. 
and beat the piss out of the Hornets on defense for being, I mean, if we beat, beat the piss out of the Hornets defense, we're being completely honest because I don't, um, you know, if their defense looks anything like it did last year, they were, I think they finished 18th, but they were, I mean, that was by the, the every stroke of luck imaginable. Um, they just kind of play on, on created chaos a little bit. Um, so I think that game is definitely winnable, but they just like, I mean, as far as I'm aware, after checking everything, I believe uh, they're coming in fully healthy to the game. Uh, I'm, I'm checking right now. I believe Gordon Hayward is, uh, is healthy again. Um, and he'd obviously be part of the starting lineup. So he should be in and playing. Um, the Hornets just have a talented group, man. Like they're not, again, they're not yeah. anybody who's contending for the Eastern conference finals. I'm probably not quite as high on, uh, on him, on, on their season as others, but I do think they're a team that could make the play in pretty easily is the wrong way to put it, but I think they'll be in the mix the entire year. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they make like the nine seed. Um, they're going to be probably a little bit better than last year in some ways, even though they, they, they did have some real losses. I think a lot of their guys are going to take big leaps and uh, it should be a good test in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when you, when you talk about the Hornets, are not a lot. Unlike the Pacers, they have pieces. They have um, one of those teams that on any night, they could beat probably anybody in the league if they're playing well. Um, but, the consistency with them is going to be an issue, which I, I feel like will probably be the issue with the Pacers as well um, until they get, you know, figure out exactly what they're doing with their rotations um, uh, on both ends of the floor. So, yeah, that's going to be a – it is a almost a, a, a perfect test for the Pacers right out of the gate. Um, you know, thankfully they have Robin and probably Holiday in there. So it, it will be – yeah, it'll be a fair fight, and and they uh, they can see what what they have and, and where they come up short or where they uh, where they succeed. Yeah, and with all due luck, it won't be like when they went to. I th- gosh, I think it was the last time that they were in Charlotte with a full capacity arena was two years ago. Um, oh. You remember that game when they were up like twenty five and ended up losing in overtime? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's not repeat that. I do not want to see that get repeated. That was rough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, so hopefully escaping that. So I think that that one's a little bit closer to 50-50 for me. The Wizards are going to be interesting. Um, I This team is just – I don't really know what to make of them. I think this one's probably the the more winnable of the three just because they have a completely new coaching staff. Um, They overturned a lot of the roster. I mean, there's a lot of the same, but also they brought in quite a few new guys who are going to be at the head of the rotation – uh, Thomas Bryant, who would be their starting center, is out still. Uh, Rui Hachimura, I believe, will still be away from the team. Uh, he's out for personal reasons uh, that haven't really been alluded to. But I, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't returned to the team yet. Um, so that's two significant holes in the front court. But they also have a ton of depth. Like it, it feels like they have the exact exact opposite problem of the Pacers. Like they have every single three four hybrid guy in the NBA. Like mm-hmm. they have Danny Avdia. They have uh, Corey Kispert. Uh, Rui, as we mentioned, like they just have like every, I mean, Kyle Kuzma too is probably going to start with, with, with Rui out. Um, So I'm, I'm not really sure uh, how this team combats that because again, as we've, as we've noted, especially with TJ Warren out, it's a lot harder to play against, but also I don't really have a great read of what they're, the Wizards are going to play like they added Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think on balance is probably a better, better option for them than Russell Westbrook. Um, 
you know, yeah, he's, he's a wild card for them. For yeah, sure. Spencer is really good. He looked he's looked very good in, in preseason yeah. for everything I've seen of him. Um, he got some extra time off to to, to rehab because if I remember correctly, I think he was one series away from coming back for the Nets. Um, was borderline about to be cleared before they ended up getting ousted. Um, and also in going back and reading through, Rui Hachimura has been cleared by health and safety protocols, and he's participating in practice again. So he should play again on uh, on Friday. So he will be there. Um, not sure what capacity he'll be in, but regardless, it's a really odd herky-jerky team. They obviously have Bradley Beal, um, who is you know going to be probably the best player that they see other than Jimmy Butler in, in these three games. Um, yeah, where are you at with this one headed in? Yeah, I, I was, you know, you mentioned Dimwitty, and, and he is such a wild card because he's been out of outside, out of mind, you know, with the way things went last year. But, um, you know, I feel like he's going to be in a really good role there with that team. And assuming health-wise, you know, he, he has seemed to look decent. I saw uh, at least a half of one of their games in preseason. You know, Seem like he's going to be um, be a valuable guy, and and almost maybe a uh, you know obviously I could say Westbrook's a completely different player, but the consistency of knowing what you're getting from Dimwitty is is uh, really valuable. Um, yeah, I'm kind of bummed they don't still have Westbrook just so we can see one possession with the Pacers going under a screen on him. But <laughs> um, be that as it may, uh, you know that this is again. A matchup uh, that that the Pacers should be be able to attack, and and um, I, I just feel like after this preseason again, um, you know, generally seeing a you know a vanilla approach from the Pacers, um, it's just so hard to see how they're going to be playing and and at what level. So um, these are actually two really good games to get that early feel for this team. And hopefully it's somewhat positive, keeping the hope. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it's positive as well. Again, I think this one's probably more winnable. Uh, or I, I would bank on them winning this one more than Charlotte. Definitely. I don't think it's quote-unquote more or less winnable. Um, it just really depends. Because, again, like you're mentioning, it just – I don't have a great feel for this team after five preseason games. Um, like, like, like you and I have talked about with Caitlin, it just feels very vanilla in a lot of ways. They open things up a little bit more as things went on, but – it's just kind of hard to tell right now without having real basketball. Um, and that's a good good transition to, to the Miami game, which is the home opener on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, this is – I feel like this is going to be the first reality check might be the wrong way to put it. But, um, I mean, I, th- I think the Wizards and Hornets are both teams that could uh, – I mean, I'm a little bit higher on the Wizards. I think the Wizards could end up making the playoffs outright maybe. Like, or, you know, if they were the sixth seed, it wouldn't be entirely shocking me that might – come as a surprise to some people. I do just think overall talent-wise they have it if things work out health-wise. But um, both those teams are solid. The Heat are projected to be like – I would have them, you know, obviously just below Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Atlanta, but still really, really damn good. And this team has had some issues with with Miami in the past two years. Um, where are you at coming into this game against the Heat? Yeah, I mean, the Heat are, are definitely uh, a daunting roster for, for the Pacers. Um, and the way Tyler Hero's been playing the preseason uh, on a mission, you know, we'll see if he can carry that over. And it'll be interesting to see if he maintains that role off the bench. Obviously, the minutes will be different. Um, and, you know, we'll 
alter his role a bit. Um, but but they have so many explosive players, and that's where you know um, the Pacers. When we're, we're talking about what kind of success they're going to have, it's how can you handle some of these teams that have that that level of talent um, to attack, um, and and what what's, what how is the defense going to hold up? And also, you know, I, it seems like they're going to be playing a bit smaller, obviously, if P.J. Tucker's in the mix more. Um, if, if, if Bam's at center, you know, this is, this is one of those teams that's a zig and a zag. If, if the Pacers are going to go big, are they going to be able to stay with it um, or create, you know, an advantage, you know, um, somehow when teams are smaller. Um, but, you know, this is a, a little bit different of a, a smaller team when, you, when you've got – um, you know, a guy like Butler, who's so dynamic and can play anyone on the court. Um, also, I'm, I'll be interested to see, you know, obviously Lowry's a, a good addition. I feel like his addition is a little overhyped, but um, I can be puffed up. I just, maybe it was just um, going drag us. Maybe I just always saw him, but when he was healthy, and that's, you know, part of the issue, he wasn't always available, but um, he he ran that real well with those guys they were they were uh they were good and i i feel like i'm i'm not sure how much you know lowry it, it sounds crazy to say this i know but just the net you know what what the net positive is going to be with lowry over Dragic when Dragic was health, was healthy and available you know um i i feel like um it, it definitely will be differently i think defensively um will be a little bit better, but uh, I, I I still feel like those guys that they've leaned on out of Bayou, Butler, um, and then getting something from here off the bench, they're going to have to rely on those guys to, to raise the level of the play over what they did last year. Yeah, it's interesting for me with Miami because I think um... – I mean, I loved the the Lowry move. I don't know if I would consider that one overrated. I actually thought the uh, the PJ Tucker move to me was a little bit like I I didn't understand some of the excitement over yeah. that one. Like PJ Tucker is a good basketball player. Don't get me wrong, but he was a, an on court negative for uh, for Milwaukee for the majority of the playoffs, and he had solid stretches defensively. But also, I mean, the Nets and Suns both just completely. Uh, pretended he wasn't out there at times and same thing with the Hawks like you know you could you could be fine having Clint Capella sag off of him um, there just was mm-hmm. a lot there where I, I was like okay well you know he's not really doing as much you saw they would close games with Pat Connaughton at times instead of him um, I'm just not in as in love with the PJ Tucker signing I actually think Markeith Morris might have a bigger year for them I've talked about that with Avery Mills uh, locked on heat yeah I could see that Most, definitely um, like I just the, he's so uh situational for what he can do offensively like i mean if it's not a corner three it's it's nothing um so i don't know it just makes it a little bit harder um, i'm not really entirely sure what to see with their offense it feels like a lot of if their offense is going to be better from last year it's a obviously bringing in lowry i think that helps immediately um goran just hasn't been that guy since that stretch in the bubble even in the year uh of the bubble like prior to that he was having not a bad year like he was having a solid year but um really came alive in the bubble and hit a second stride um, and they really lacked that last year because he just wasn't the same guy coming off that layoff. Um, so I think a lot yeah. of what they're expecting is, okay, Tyler Hero looking better, which he was 
dynamite in preseason. Um, Jimmy Butler, we know what he who he is. I think he's pretty much a, like I would consider him a top ten player. I had him second team All NBA last year. Um, and Bam Adebayo, I think it's does he take another step offensively too? All, all in all, like I think the Heat are a, a significantly better team than the Pacers right now. Just complete honesty. Um, they they might not have the depth that the Pacers do, but also I just think their top end talent is uh, a good clip better. Like I would have, you know, Bam and and, and Jimmy are both better players than than the best player on Indiana. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. And again, another really good litmus test for uh, where this team is at uh, and, and kind of finding their pecking order as they they try. And it, obviously, we're not going to know that in three games, but. You know, that it's kind of going to be the thing throughout the, the first two months is like, OK, how does this team stack up? Yeah. And the other thing about Miami is, I mean, yes, they have Lowry's new, but they know who they are. They know yeah. how they approach games. Um, you know, they're extremely well coached and and, you know, they're, they're going to be um, playing at a high level. You, you cannot count on them having an off night, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're going to find a way usually to, to uh, get done what they're expecting to get done consistently. Um, so again, yeah, I, I agree with you that maybe during the season, especially if they have an injury or two, that, that depth might be something that bites them um, as far as, you know, being an upper echelon team. But um, it, it, until, you know, that happens, they're going to be a tough out for anybody uh, on any given night, uh, just because of, like you say, that the couple high level scores they have and, and the coaching and, and their approach, um, and they're you know they're just going to be aggressive defensively and and really going to be a, a handful. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So you have two and one coming out. I think I'm going to go with one and two uh, to close out. I think that if it's either going to be the Hornets or Wizards game, and I would bet that they lose to the to the Heat, but also. We could be very wrong on this. Um, so with without further ado, we're going to take a quick break and we will come out and close on on two more things before we get out of here. Welcome back. All right, Tom. So uh, our colleague and good friend, Caitlin Cooper, put out a good question on Twitter a couple minutes ago um, or actually probably more than a couple minutes ago. I'm, I'm losing track of time very quickly as the season gets started. Um, what is your biggest take or boldest take? Uh, for the Pacers this season, and I'll ask you that because I have I have one that I I, I responded with, and I, I want to hit on once uh, once I hear yours. Um, hmm. I guess I just feel like they will not be ending the season with the same roster that they started. It sounds good. I would, I mean, I, I, I agree on, on it being bold too, because in some ways it seems like maybe not, you know, we've, we've seen how much this team's talked about continuity, but also as we've talked about this year just feels very different. Like um, the way that the front office and, and coaching staff has talked about stuff makes it sound like they're pretty actively ready to, to be in a different stage, but um, it just depends on whether or not that happens. Um, so I'm kind of right there with you. And I guess mine in some way goes, hand in hand with that. And okay, does this force them to make a move sooner? You know, how does this look? Um, and going through and looking at the first two and a half months of the season for the Pacers, they have 36 games through New Year's Eve. Um, and going through, if you include every team that 
is yes, yes, yeah, exactly. If you include every team that is scheduled or scheduled is the way to put it, but like every team that is on track to be playing or better, um, 33 out of 36 teams that they play against are going to likely be playing teams or better. Um, if you exclude Charlotte and Toronto, um, both they play both three three games against both Charlotte and Toronto in the first 36, then okay, 27 out of the 36 games are against playing or better teams. Um, I, th- I think there's actually a chance Toronto might be better than Charlotte. It's hard to, to read both those teams and what they'll look like because they had some significant turnover. Obviously, Pascal Siakam's missing part. But point being, like this opening schedule is extremely front-loaded, very difficult. Um, it, I guess it's not necessarily a bold take, but my my prediction is that the Pacers will be below 500 by New Year's Eve, um, which is you know not something that you really want the team to have come out with. But right. given... You know, I think I would have felt differently if, if, if the team wasn't starting the year with injuries like this. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of the Pacers now. Would you agree with where I'm at coming into the year with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think even if there weren't all these other injuries, if, if it was just a TJ Warren, I think, you know, that would still be a, a, a good possibility. And, you know, um, the, I, I do feel like they, as an organization, are – you know, obviously they got Carlisle in there. Um, they are thinking a little bit more long term, and maybe that's why Isaiah Jackson's even getting more burn than we we thought. But it, you know, Carlisle often kind of brings up the schedule. You know, not just like yeah, we got a rough one, rough start, but we'll see where we're at. You know, that type of thing. Um, and I, I think they know it's going to be going to be rough. Um, a rough start and it's just a matter of getting through that and seeing how everyone reacts and, and develops and improves quite frankly um, and honestly you know it, as I said earlier saying that the the, um, uh, the roster won't be the same at the end of the year if it is the same uh, this is going to be a great year because <laughs> they're probably going to be um, you know, even even if they're around 500, let's say they're at 500 or a couple of games below at New Year's, they they could still end up um, in good playoff positioning and be trending and building and and, and showing promise um, with this you know young veteran group as as Carlisle says uh, coming together and and having a and having a good year that is I guess what you would call their plan A right um, that's their plan A to be trending and, and playing at, at their best as the season comes to a close and making the playoffs and, and making some noise. Um, but I, I, I do think being, um, you know, how, how I guess what I was trying to say, being under 500 is not, um, you know, obviously out of the realm of possibility around New Year's, how far under is, is, um, going to be what to watch on that because um, you know it, it could definitely go sideways in a hurry, and um, and that that'll just be frustrating for everybody involved, no doubt. And it'll be interesting to see how how they handle that and, and how Carlisle handles um, those issues, especially if it's not just injury related, if it's you know lineup issues, not not doing what they're wanting to do. That's when I feel like um, it'll be um, time to. Uh, make some moves before the trade deadline. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, especially as you're mentioning, like next week, 
is a, a real test. Uh, playing the Bucks on Monday, the Nets on Friday, um, a reunion with Nate Bjorkren on Wednesday against the Raptors, who is on the bench for the for the Raptors this season. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think trying to figure out where they are around 500, like if they're at 500, I don't want to say I would be surprised, but I think that is a good outcome if they're at 500 oh, yeah, by New I Year's agree. Eve. Um, like, I think that would have them pretty in the thick of the playoff race. But if they're four or five games under, like that is, I don't want to say that it's impossible to come back from. Obviously, you know, four or five games isn't a ton, but it's enough of a cushion where you're like, oh, okay, this is, this feels a lot less comfortable. Um, so it's just going to really you know, depend one, on that. One other thing I was just thinking of here, you know, we've seen these stretches in, in seasons recent past, you know, where it's like, oh my God, I don't see them win another game in the next six or seven. And then you go through those games and half of them, you know, like Joel Embiid sitting out or, you know, the, in the age of uh, players resting, uh, you, you you catch a break here and there uh, and that schedule doesn't end up being as hard as it looked. Um, although it always seems like the Pacers will lose those games but <laughs> get yes, a break exactly. like that. But, um, but having it all at the front loaded at the beginning, you know, kind of minimizes that opportunity as well. There won't be, I would think, as much resting in, you know, late October, early November as there would be, say, in, in January or, or even late December. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But um, again, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge anyway, slice it, just because of, you know, how, how many injuries they have in that preseason and, and they're kind of starting hoping to start right at the beginning and, and having to, you know, execute at a different level um, than we've seen obviously in the preseason and, and hit the ground running against some really tough opponents. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, I, I'm very unsure of what to take away from a lot of this, you know, and um, it's just going to be, as you mentioned, hitting the ground running, we're going to have a lot to talk about, a lot to dive into. Um, I do want to ask, too, before we get out of here, if you had any other takeaways from preseason, because there are some things that have stood out to me that I, I wanted to run by you. But um, I was wondering if, uh, you know, if anything else you wanted to hit on. Well, one thing just kind of taken from some some player interviews and things, and I know they're, um, you know, not going to say anything horribly negative, but I feel like um, especially listening to, to Domas and – miles about what they're doing with Carlisle and how things are different. And there seemed to be, you know, a general assuredness in their voices that that they not only like what they're doing, but are confident in what is going on. And even Miles mentioned, you know, we haven't shown anything that much in preseason, but I, you know, he likes how he's being involved and and, and it sounds like it's buying into the vision of what they're, what they're going to be trying to do. Um, so that's um, one of those things where you're like, okay, let's get the games going for real and, and see how these guys do in the regular minutes. And, and um, um, so that's kind of stood out to me. I, I, I do feel like also um, Carlisle will be a little more flexible with the rotation possibly. Um, I'm not sure it could be less flexible, though, um, compared to last year. But um, as far as, you know, the, those reserve guys um, and different matchups and, and how they'll attack them, um, 
I feel like that could be different. I feel like he may have more confidence in, in more guys. And, and obviously, it was good to see Goga um, not only have a, a, a good game in that meaningless last preseason game, but also get he praised by Carlisle afterwards for, for his approach and, and how he went out and executed. So, um, and, and another guy, your guy, O'Shea. Um, you know, he came out and was, was real strong on that last one. I, and I feel like having those options and, and being able to, you know, if something isn't working, move on to the next guy and, and um, have confidence in those guys. I feel like Carlisle will, will hopefully do that more and, and we'll, we'll get something that works and write it while it's working and, and then um, adjust um, when it's not. Yeah, no, definitely. Um I, I'm interested to see how that plays out just because he has been uh, solid. I, I, I mean, again, I haven't watched like every Mavs game ever, but I do feel like he's somebody who's always been pretty good at uh, getting the most out of his rotation, which is what I'm really excited to see this year because it felt like that just didn't happen enough last year, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned with O'Shea, I think I'm I, – I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I think this the ship's already kind of just set sail with Goga as far as I'm concerned. Um, it really just feels like that's not going to happen unless Miles or or Domas really gets injured, um, which you never want to happen. I don't want that to happen. Um, and but even then, if if one of them does get injured, it kind of feels like what we saw from preseason is that Isaiah Jackson would slide up and play more. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see on that. O'Shea again. You know, I, I think that there was some real improvement there that we want to see more of. Um, what stood out to me a lot this this in, in preseason, like I think. Uh, just looking at at the shooting splits in general, like the Pacers shot 30%, like just under 31% from three, um, I think around 44% from the field. They were 22nd in true shooting across their their four. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like they they just could not hit the broad side of a barn. Part of that is, you know, um, who's taking shots, the way things are, are, are clipping out. But some of the things that I did like that, that stood out, again, small sample size, um, but of course, you know the stuff that we're always looking at, uh, or, and is always getting brought up, is the rebounding and three-point rate. Um, they finished 11th in three-point attempts per game in the uh, in the preseason. Which again, you know, they did that last year. That didn't really entirely hold pat throughout the course of the season. Uh, but still, interesting to note. Um, it's been good to see them get up more attempts in that way. I think there's still ways that it could happen a, a little bit more organically. Like we've seen, you know, there are still some guys who check out of shots, but. Um, also you can look at rebounding is what stood out to me the most in some ways. Like, uh, you don't expect somebody who's six, six or six, seven to come in and be like a huge rebounding impact for you. But I think Torrey Craig and Isaiah Jackson have been huge parts of that. Like, obviously Isaiah makes sense, but like Torrey, Torrey Craig is a really, really good offensive rebounder. Like he's a good cutter. Um, he's good at, 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 you know, roaming the baseline and, and picking up on, uh, loose balls there that, um, geez, I can't even speak. Rebounds, rebounds off the baseline, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, I think that stuff has really stood out. Like they they finished ninth in offensive rebound percentage, um, which is much higher than they've ever been the last couple of years. Uh, and they finished thirteenth in defensive rebounding percentage, uh, which both those are, are markedly higher than where they were last year. And especially starting uh, starting two bigs together, you can't really afford to be lower than that. So that was that was something nice to see, and that I thought 
stood out to me. I will note too, though, that the, the free throw attempt rate is not up whatsoever. I don't really expect that to change. That's more on personnel than anything else. But um, some positive signs, even if, you know, it's it didn't result in wins or, um, you know, necessarily seeing crazy shooting splits or percentages. Yeah, and I, I thought Duarte did a pretty good job. Yes, I should have added uh, Duarte as well. He's as well. Really nice um, he kind of had a nose for the ball, um, keeping things alive, and assuming if he's kind of in that fifth option role, um, if he's starting early in the season, you know, those types of plays are going to be real valuable. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, uh, there, there's some signs of hope there for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and obviously, too, I think the defense really looked a lot better uh, the last couple games. The first two, not so much. Throws out the window. Um, I would say, too, again, with the last game against the Cavs, that one's a little bit harder to parse through because of how many guys were missing for that. But, you know, you, you yeah. take the good with the bad. Um, well, Tom, this was this was great. I always appreciate getting to, uh, to convene. I think this is the last time we're going to talk until after the game. On uh, on Wednesday, are you looking forward Wednesday. to? Are you excited for our first uh, our first Pacers after dark? I am looking forward to it. Uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's a uh, a cheerful after dark. But you know, we'll be here either way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, Tom, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for listening, and most importantly, have a good rest of your day.